0: The Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, July 2nd. It has been quite the week for our Crack Rackets team. We are currently on the road in our beautiful bright white Dodge Ram pickup truck heading from the altix Steislinger Tennis Exhibition in Miami to Lexington, Kentucky for this weekend's Young Kings Scholarship Tennis Tournament at Top Seed Tennis Club. Uh, it's great for us because we got to see some of the top men, uh, some of the top American males in particular this past weekend. Now we got to get to see some of the top American women and some other young studs as well, people like C. C. Bellis, Layla Fernandez, Jeannie Bouchard, and more, all going to be in action in Lexington. And we are so excited to get all of that, and to get to cover all of that action. I know we are going to be working in conjunction with our friends at the Tennis One app all weekend long. I get to do a little bit of play-by-play coverage as well, so I'm going to have to dust off uh, my play-by-play skills, I suppose. I'm very much looking forward to that as Westoff, our super producer who is in the front seat right now as well as CEO Dalton Thieneman. So if you hear any laughter, more likely Than not, that's going to be Dalton, but Westoff also up front as well uh, as we make this road trip. But you know, I know we are all excited to be heading to Lexington uh, to cover this event because, again, we had so much fun at Top Seed in February uh, when we got to go there for the women's, I believe, 100 125k event. And so, to get to go back there to see some of these top women in action is something we are all so excited for. Uh, Of course, you may have noticed the audio quality a little bit different on today's pod than usual. That is because we are on the road. Uh, You know, we are driving across the country. I've made this joke to them repeatedly. I am so excited to get to make this joke on the pod. What I have learned throughout the course of this event. And then I learned actually sort of a counterpoint to that last night. I'm going to talk you through this whole story real quick. Because, you know, Westoff and I have traversed the country, really, at this point. We started off our journey. We went from Indianapolis to Wisconsin. Or I guess we've gone from north to south, which isn't exactly what Lewis and Clark did. They went east to west. Uh, Westhoff and I, though, have pretty much gone north to south in the country at this point, covering tennis. And, you know, you see a lot of wilderness, right? There's a lot of trees. There's some mountains, some hilltops. You're seeing different parts of the country than you're accustomed to. And what I continue to tell Westoff if you place me at the beginning of the 19th century, early 1800s, right, my boy TJ, I'm not going to say my boy TJ because a checkered past more so than in the time period. We're not going to get into that right now. Don't worry. But the point is, Thomas Jefferson makes that decision. He says, hey, hey, you know, Louisiana Purchase, I'm in. France, you guys down, I'll give you $12. And they're like, $12 in 18th century money? That's like $6 billion. And so they say, yes, for sure, lock us in. So Louisiana Purchase, done, right? And then they're like, hey, what did we just buy? We should probably go check that out. Lewis, Clark, the guys—they travel the journey. You know, they make it from, uh, or they make it all the way to the Pacific Ocean. We all know the story of Lewis and Clark. What I've learned in our journeys here for Crack Rackets—if it was me, you know, I'm born in 19th century, early time. They're offering out. You know, it's in Yelp at the time, or I suppose the one newspaper that goes around. Extra, extra! Read all about it. Lewis and Clark starting expedition, looking for help in hands. I'm a hundred percent certain, folks. It would be Lewis Clark. And Gruskin, which by the way, that's a powerhouse New York law firm. Lewis Clark Gruskin, all in on that. I also think it would be Lewis Clark Gruskin and Westoff because we just need a Westoff. He would be the guy with the compass in pocket at all times. He'd be like, "Ooh, if we veer 136 degrees southeast here, we're actually going to hit the river basin. And, you know, Lewis, you really need to shower because you smell quite bad at this point. And so, yeah, it would be a good time. Now, the counterpoint to that is the AC wasn't working in our house and it was like 95 degrees in Florida and I was hot. And it was not easy to sleep, and so maybe it wouldn't beat Lewis Clark, Ruskin, and Westoff Maybe we wouldn't make it at the time. But the point is, that's where we're at in our headspace, crack rackets wise, as we make the transition across the country. And we're having a lot of fun. It has been so great for us to get to go see live tennis in action once again. Uh, of course, what was so encouraging is after what happened at the Adria Tour and with Novak Djokovic and you know the gang. Uh, it, there's a lot of concern about returning to uh, professional tennis. A lot of return of can tennis return safely, and what I think. I think this weekend's event proved, uh, and hopefully this remains to be the case, is that yes, it absolutely can. If proper precaution is taken, if everyone uh, acts responsibly, individually, if everyone does their job to try and ensure we can all enjoy this shared experience, then it can absolutely happen. And that was the case. And I have to just give a couple of huge shout outs to the Miami crew before I talk about the action, you know, get to some of the things we missed in Miami, and then also talk about what to expect this weekend in Lexington. I also have to give a huge shout out to our our hosts for the weekend formally, we were at the beautiful home of Mike and Nikki Simpkins. And when I say beautiful home, folks, you know, I'm underselling it. This place was just out of this world. I mean, and again, they were such gracious hosts as well. They really were, you know, a, to, to allow this sort of event in this sort of atmosphere, this sort of environment, that's so kind of them. And again, you know, providing anything fans needed, If I shouldn't say fans, because there were no fans providing anything us tournament staff needed. Uh, you know, people who were doing the production, people like us who were doing the Media uh, players as well. It was just, it was a delightful event. And so, you know, it was so, so big thank you to them. Of course, they had beautiful, you know, three beautiful pools, the hot tub, the cold tub, and then the regular pool, and we took advantage of that because they were so gracious to allow us to, and you know, we got to do interviews poolside with these players, and you know, we're six feet apart, and we're in this beautiful pool, at this beautiful house in beautiful Miami. I, it's a joke, folks. I mean, it was, it was just delightful, and all of that was made possible, again, because they were so gracious to host us also. Such a huge shout-out to Mike and Nikki, and by the way, I promise you are all going to enjoy those poolside chats, you know, with some serious questions, some fun as well. Uh, We got a bunch of the guys in there, so it it was a good time. You know, how often do you get to see players interviewed in the pool? Certainly that adds to their comfort level, and I see the think the sort of answers we got from them uh, reflect that fact. So be on the lookout for all of that on our YouTube channel. Just go subscribe so I don't have to keep updating you. You don't have to wait anxiously. You'll know immediately you'll get that ping notification. Hey, Super Producer Daniel Westhoff went to work. Uh, so, you know, just be sure to go hit that subscribe button as well. Uh, but again, so shout out to them. Shout out uh, to Mike and Nikki. Shout out to JC and Catherine. Shout out of course to all of the sponsors for this weekend's event as well, whether it be Altic, whether it be, you know, 11 VOD Co, whether, you know, I think there was Red, uh, there uh, it's too many to, to go through, but the point is, a huge shout out to all of them for helping to support us. And then of course, a huge shout out to our friends at Midwest Sports who make these mini-break possible day in, day out with the support they give us. And of course, all of you fans are well aware of that support because they've been doing the same for tennis players across the globe for more than 20 years by providing all sorts, every sort of tennis equipment you may need, whether it be strings, rackets, balls, you know, clothing, shoes, uh, all of those things. Are shoes part of I guess so. Shoes are part of the wardrobe, but are they an article of clothing? Dalton says yes. Westoff's going to say yes. I think this is indicative of my fashion sense. I'm going to go ahead and say no. I think they're a separate item. You know, that the shoes are a completely different part. They're all in the wardrobe family, but clothing is not wardrobe. The two aren't exactly synonymous. Again, we're, we're getting off, of, off the track here, but, you know, uh, where was I even talking about? I was talking, of course, about Midwest Sports because they are the best, and you can turn to them for all of your options because they really do have it all. They're keeping up with the newest equipment if you are someone who is attached to your older stuff as as well. They've got you covered there, too. And maybe you want to make that upgrade, but you don't know exactly what your game needs. The good news is they're intimately, uh, their staff are intimately familiar with all of their commitment, uh, equipment. They're also very intimate in general. I uh, can help you find that perfect racket, of course, perfect pair of clothing that is sure to bring the best out of your game. Just go to MidwestSports.com to find it all. Uh, while you're there, you're going to want to order yourself up some stuff. Who can resist that urge? Use our promo code CR15 to get 15% off your order. You'll also get free two-day shipping on all orders, exceeding $75. And best of all, because again, we're all trying to make our return to the tennis court right now. It is one of those sports that has been deemed you know, safe to play if you take the proper precautions. And so uh, to make sure that you have everything you need to make your return to the court a successful one, Midwest Sports is also going to throw in a free can of Wilson extra-duty tennis balls. Just go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15. Again, we are so grateful for their support. The least we can do is ask you to support them as well. MidwestSports.com, the promo code is CR15. Also, I have to give a huge shout out to the people who have been fueling me over these past four days. I've started every morning by taking a delicious bite out of these uh, aero bars, and you heard that on the podcast, and I apologize for that. I was on video, so I had to do it a little bit for effect as well. I wanted people to see you know, that I mean it when I say they truly are a delicious alternative, and they're the only kind of specific energy bar out there they're a great way to get your day started because you know you're getting the right sort of nutrition it's a delicious eat as well they're you know it's not going to melt it was 95 degrees out i didn't have a single you know blade or like what what is that? A little sh- uh, schmear uh, I, I'm trying to think of the word. You know, like a little smudge, I suppose. You know, when you get that little smudge of like melted chocolate on your finger when you're trying to eat a chocolate bar, and it's always like, do I lick this? Ooh, it's coronavirus time. I shouldn't be licking my fingers in public. But it's chocolate. Am I really going to let this chocolate go to waste? No, I'm going to lick my fingers and I'm going to go wash my hands in the bathroom. Uh, the point is, I didn't have to deal with that decision because an Aero bar is not going to melt because that's the sort of care aerobar bar puts into their product. They want to make it a delicious option for their. Uh, for their, I suppose, eaters, uh, but they also want to make it, you know, a, a feasible option, one that's uh, well-suited, one that's efficient as well. You can leave it in your tennis bag so that you know when you're starting your match or you're getting out on the practice court, you have some sort of energy you can put into your system to ensure you get your best performance, to ensure you have the right sort of nutrition. And of course, things like nutrition, fitness, their importance in the game of tennis. Well, we've gotten the chance to speak with, with our friends at Aerobar on our Getting to the Point episodes, which we do every Thursday on the mini break have so many great guests. Bjorn for Richard, John Menzing, uh, oh my gosh, Jay Berger, who we saw this weekend with Riley Opalka, It was great to put you know a face behind the voice, and it was fun to chat with him. Uh, so many great guests, so don't miss out on those episodes. Go to aerobar.com. Use that promo code cracked 15 You'll get 15% off your order. And again, you'll have just a delicious way to start your day. Hey, great shot. You know I got to rock in a rhyme somewhere. Uh, go to aerobar.com. Use the promo code Cracked15. Okay, you got the opening tangent. Out of the way. We got the plugs out of the way. Uh, now let's talk about the event we saw yesterday in Miami. And of course, you know the same format that we saw the first two days. We saw yesterday there were four matches being played. It was the fast four format, no ad scoring, sets to four, two out of three sets, tiebreaker, normal tiebreaker played to seven, win by two at three all. Uh, and it led to some fantastic tennis. And the team from all of these players, when we spoke to them throughout the weekend, was that they were all just so excited to be back in the competitive environment. And you know a lot of these players were playing things such as the match play 120 or they had had some UTR pro series reps as well and what was funny is so many of them continued to say you know actually this was the really this event was the first time i felt back in the competitive environment this was the first time i felt as though i was competing again on tour and probably some of that is the proximity to how close the to- tour is to returning and maybe how much more seriously they're taking their preparation now than they would have 2 to 3 months ago and of course that makes a lot of sense uh, but the reason i point that out is to say we were treated to a really high level of tennis you know there's a should I call them out I love them I'm such a fan of his personally. Yeah, and he even said this on the show, so I don't care saying it. Our man who came in eighth, our only 0-3 performer on the weekend, Stevie Johnson. Not a great week for him performance-wise. He was not playing his best tennis. The forehand was spraying. I will say this. It's quite clear he's been putting in a lot of work on his two-handed backhand, and it looks significantly better, especially on the return of serve. Uh, I will also say when you see his slice knife through the court in person, you're just like, oh, I get why this is so effective. It's not a floating slice. This thing. You know, nice through the court. It stays low. It uh, doesn't allow the opponent to do much with it. Uh, but still, not Stevie's best performance. Now he looked in shape, and you know he gave us a great interview as always. He's still in media shape, and you know he's a, he even talked about, yeah, this wasn't my best stuff. And the good news is, we'll get to see him play again soon uh, with his event coming up in Atlanta. Uh, but you know, this is a, a you know outside of him. You know, everyone else was playing really, really uh, phenomenal tennis. And, you know, we'll start, I suppose, with that Stevie match because he was the first match of the day. He gets knocked off by our tournament director, J.C. Arrigoni. You know, if you're asking me, Alex, was the match rigged? I'm not going to say no. Um, it's certainly not a yes, uh, but, no, it was great to see J.C. get a win. He played really good tennis yesterday. And to beat a top 100 player, even in this format, you know, it's got to build your confidence moving forward. He put a really good performance against her uh, Hercatch yesterday, another good performance performance. performance today uh so good performance from jc Aragoni all around who continues to show physically you know i think he's got the goods to compete at a top 200 top 150 top 100 level it's just can he consistently show you know that sort of level of play throughout a match he's got the tools to get there at different points different pieces of course he's such an explosive athlete hits such an explosive ball really just jumps off the strings uh the question is can he you know get that sort of performance on a point-by-point basis more consistently? I think the answer is yes. Of course, I'm never going to speak poorly about my captain this weekend, who, you know, I I asked him to refer to me as his number one. Uh, He did not. But anyways, shout out to JC Goodwin for him over Stevie J. So Stevie comes in eighth, JC comes in seventh. Uh, Again, this speaks to how good uh, the pool of players was this weekend. Our fifth place performer in our match of the day, Hoobie Herkatch, knocking off Mackie McDonald and just... A thrilling affair. And I can't emphasize this enough. I hope all of you have seen the the tweener that Hubie hit. He executed against Mackie. Uh, The point before that tweener point was an insane, like, 25 shot, a couple of drop volley rally as well. And you could just see on Hubie's face he had started to feel it after that point. The second the lob went off of Mackie's racket, we all could tell, you know, he's going for the tweener. There's not a doubt in my mind he's going for the tweener because he sees the entertain. You know, he's trying to entertain right now. He feels the energy in the air, which again is why it's so exciting to be back on site to feel that energy of being at a live tennis event. There's nothing like it, folks. And again, that's why we are so appreciative of your support here, of us at Crack Records so that we can have the opportunity uh, to report on these sorts of things, share this experience with the rest of the tennis world. And then be hits like a banana shot uh, with on a tweener. Like that tweener had spin. And I, I just you know, I guess go to Saddlebrook, folks, because whatever he's been doing there the past three months, it's work. He looks better and better and, you know, it was a really high level of play between him and Mac. He just both guys make uh, everything on the court look so easy for Hubie to move the way he does, have the sort of feel at six foot six. I mean, Mackie, you're never going to find a game who make a uh, guy who makes tennis look prettier. Uh, a really fun match, two exceptional guys off of the court as well. It was so great to get to interact with both of them. Uh, both so friendly. I sort of told you the story earlier how you know Hubie and his coach drove by Westoff and I were walking on the sidewalk in Miami, and they waved to us again never expect a player to do that sort of speaks to the intimacy of this event but you know that speaks to also how kind-hearted they uh, You know, both he and his coach Craig Boyden are it was great to get to chat with Craig a little bit as well because you know talk about one of the great tennis minds American uh, America's produced probably in the past 50 years uh, so it was great to get to you know pick his brain as well see how he conducted himself at this sort of event you know the mindset he wanted Whoopi to have and the focus that he brought to the warm-ups and everything uh, it was great and so a great level of play. Obviously, Hoobie's a guy who's inside the top 30 right now, uh, so that speaks to the success he's had on tour. For Mackie, you know, that's a guy who's been injured, and what I can tell you, a report officially, this is me reporting it confirmed. I have it locked in. Mackie's healthy. He's ready to go. We're going to see him back in the top 100 oh so very soon, and of course, he's got a protected ranking that will help him get into the U.S. Open, a topic which I will touch on in a little bit, Uh, but that is something I, you know, Mackie will be back, folks. Anyone who's wondering, is he going to get back in the top 100? In my opinion, the answer is a resounding Uh, Absolutely. And speaking of guys in the top 100, another top 100 player, Riley Opelka was in action. A really fun matchup between him and young American Brandon Nakashima. I feel like I've talked about Nakashima enough. I've been raving about him uh, probably for the past 15 months, maybe even a little bit before that now. So you all, I'm sure, are sick of that. But again, in terms of a floor as a tennis player, if the guy doesn't crack the top 100, in my opinion, it means he suffered some sort of career destabilizing injury. I think he's that sure of a thing. I think just the, where where are the holes in his game? I don't see it. Is he comfortable moving forward? No, he's not comfortable. But he's going to get better at it. He's shown a willingness to try it. He's sure certain, he's certainly at the net doing things, uh, you know, or at least attempting to do things, uh, you know, try and close out points, trying to execute well, all of these various different things. And so I was very much impressed uh, by his performance this weekend. And, of course, you know, again, just he's so focused. He's so driven. He brings a coach to an exhibition event. And uh, his coach, by the way, one of the more delightful guys I've ever met just a silent assassin both of them uh the way they just you know you, you think they're silent you think they're quiet they're uh, reserved no you start talking to them they'll drop these one-liners they're just sarcasm here and there but how driven they both are uh it, it made again it, it was such it was great to be on site and I just think Brandon's a sure thing I, I I just don't see how he fails is he a plus athlete no but he's a good athlete. Is he going to wow you with his power? No, but he's going to take balls early. He's going to take advantage of court situations and put himself in a position to succeed always. He's going to read the game well. He's going to adjust during matches well. He's going to play high-percentage tennis. I just I see top 100 in his future. It's why he's been a top-five junior in the world. It's why he's always been one of the best in his age group. So he's a winner, and he was a winner yesterday over Riley Opelka, who, again, just the talent just it's so clear for Riley, and he's also, uh, I think, I I said this earlier, so I'm not going to repeat myself, but great interview we did with him, which you can all check out on YouTube already, Um, it it was candid, thoughtful, I'm really looking forward, I think, if American men's tennis is, I I, I could see this, you know, this generation of players, people like Tiafo, Paul, Fritz, Opelka, I even think guys like Ulysses Blanche, who hasn't broken through yet, and Brandon Nakashima's of the world. Uh, I think there's a lot of young uh, personalities out there for American fan- fans to get behind in the men's game. The ones in the women's game are obvious, uh, you know. But in the men's game in particular, I think there's a really nice group coming up, and so I'm very much, you know, looking forward to seeing that. You know, for Riley, we'll get to see him in action in Atlanta as well. Uh, it's different format in Atlanta. It's funny because you know I'm I don't feel bad saying this: Steve, Sam, Riley, all guys who are going to play in Atlanta. You know, Tennis Sandgren, who's also playing, did not express this. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, but those three guys are like, we have to play two out of three sets in Atlanta. We're going to play ad scoring as well. They're like, if like if it's as hot in Atlanta as it is here in Florida, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it. And again, that speaks to you, you can replicate, train as hard as you want in ma- uh, in practice, but there's nothing like the adrenaline rush. The ebbs and flows of actual competitive tennis certified events in front of you know or at least on television in front of audiences here this weekend uh it's a different beast it's a different sort of pressure so it's going to be fascinating to see how those guys respond obviously again Brandon Riley both great performers this weekend uh there were no losers this weekend even Stevie was a winner despite going 0-3 because you know just uh the, the I think his presence just brought a certain energy to the environment and everyone was more laid back because of it. Anyone who's just in his presence, you just, you gravitate towards him. He's that sort of guy. Uh, And so even he was a winner this weekend, but the real winner, the only guy who goes undefeated on the week, Tennis Sandgren who I will tell you, he is ready to play 2 out of 3, 3 out of 5, 4 out of 7, 5 out of 9. I would even go so far as to say, if you said tennis, you uh, are you Grand Slams on the line, but it's 6 out of 11 sets. Are you down? He would sign up like that. Uh, The guy is just the epitome of physical fitness. I mean, just in incredible shape. Uh, You know, we asked these players when we were poolside chatting with them, if you could have, you know, one of the players at this event has to be your coach for the next year. Who are you going to pick? I think they all nominated tennis, uh, and that just speaks to against a cerebral presence on the court. You know, very few flaws uh, in his game, and he's a guy who's also comfortable moving forward. He's a guy who's got really good wrist talent, shoulder talent, and the ball will explode off of his racket now. It's not as explosive on point by point basis but he can gear it up when he wants to and he was just great all weekend long just moved so well across the court uh, around the court clearly was fine in the heat movement. I mean the guy was a beast on the tennis court and so speaking strictly again about his tennis performance this weekend uh Sandgren was the clear-cut best player at the event and he played as much and you know again he was a guy who warmed up I thought as well to our crack rackets team throughout the weekend as he got to know us a little bit better and he's a mind that it's a fascinating uh, personality dynamic, just background to explore, and so it was again. You, you everyone can. Say whatever you want about someone on tennis Twitter, reading through their social medias, but we we finally got the chance to know these people. And once you put a name, a personality, just a presence behind a face and you know a facade, I suppose, uh, you you really do begin to learn about these players. And so again, that's why I want to thank you all for your support because it makes it it makes it possible for us to give you a more accurate depiction. And I think there's a lot more to tennis Sandgren than what gets said about him just superficially. And hopefully, we'll get the chance to get him on the podcast for. A long-form interview soon, Um, but certainly again as a tennis mind, uh, one of the most fascinating people to discuss with uh, tennis with in the tennis world, and so it was great to get the chance. (coughs) Excuse me to chat with him about that, Uh, and more importantly, just a great performance from him. He knocked off Sam Querrey, who was also great, and I, you know, I raved about Sam on yesterday's podcast, but all that still stands. You're never gonna, no one's gonna meet Sam Querrey and be like, man, I hate this guy. You're always just gonna say. What a nice human. Like, I hope I get to talk to him again soon. And Sam's game looked great The serve the forehand. He just makes it look easy. He's so casual out there. Uh, but he also looks like he's having fun. And that was also part of the fun, you know, some of the talking that I almost swore there. Some of the, uh, we shall say was smack talk, right? Smack talks, the uncensored, or the censored version, the smack talk between the players, them joking around. They were calling their own lines. I mean, every ball was in, not a single, you know, I was asking him, will you please hook? Like, can I get a hook from you, Riley? And I think Riley was almost willing to do it. I know Mackie was willing to do it. Um but it was just, you know, it was, it was really fun in general uh, to, to, to see this sort of environment, to be around these players, to see them compete. And so huge shout out to JC, Catherine, and again, everyone involved in this Altics steislinger tennis exhibition. From a tennis standpoint, flawlessly executed. It really does show that tennis, when proper care, precaution, and, you know, effort is taken, uh, it can return safely in this time period. And so shout out to everyone involved in that. Now, I do also want to talk about some of the things we heard on the grounds when talking to these players. And, you know, I'm not going to say who said what, because I didn't, you know, formally ask, hey, you're on the record, I'm going to quote you saying this. I want everyone to know this is coming directly from you. But, you know, on background, off the record, we're asking them about the most notable topics, things such as the Adria Tour, and do you think the U.S. Open is going to be played and the answers were not what I expected, and in particular with the U.S. Open and the sentiment I got from all of these players, and it evolved, uh, you know, on a day by day basis. And of course, it is because you look at the numbers right now of COVID nineteen cases throughout the U.S. and it's just undeniable. They continue to rise, and you know, say, like, "Oh, it's increased testing, whatever." I don't. I, we're not debating why the numbers are rising. We're just stating the fact they are rising, uh, and. You know that's going to influence whether professional sports can return, and to what scale that they can return. It's affecting everyone from the NBA, MLS, MLB, NFL. It's going to affect every uh, every aspect of life, really, but uh, particularly every aspect of the sporting world as well. Uh, And. You know, the sentiment from these players following the Atria Tour, following, you know, the response from all the players throughout the globe and who's comfortable traveling to America, who wants to put themselves in that sort of position. You know, uh, what about the rigorous circumstances the event's going to be played under? Is it worth it for them to even go at that point? And I have to say... The answers have evolved throughout the week. I would say most of the players, particularly before the weekend started, they were like, you know, I do think the U.S. Open is going to happen. I was probably 60-40, 70-30, even following all of the positive tests after the Adria Tour. Uh, but come yesterday, I would say the majority of the players we spoke with, if not all of them, were... Uh, didn't think the U.S. Open is going to end up happening this year. They think there's just too much uncertainty. They think there are play- too many players, particularly notable players. And again, I don't want to reveal, you know, too, too much right now because I, I, it, was, it wasn't exactly on the record. Um, but it sounds like some pretty notable players are seriously considering skipping this event and their decision to skip the event could certainly have an impact for everyone else as well. And so, you know, the numbers people are saying 30, 70, 40, 60, I don't even know what that means, but what that, you know, what that says is they are more likely than not in their opinions. And all the guys here this weekend expressed an interest in playing. They were all said, yes, there's a U.S. Open. I'm going, I'm going to be there. Uh, And They all gave the cases why I want to force you all to listen to those interviews. So I'm not going to say what their reasons were. All of that was on the record, Um, but You know, for a lot of these guys, they they just don't know if the event's going to happen. They think there's too much uncertainty. And so, you know, as of right now, I'm probably with them. I'm in that camp. I was feeling positive for all the financial reasons we've made clear. Uh, It it behooves of the tours, ATP, WTA, ITF, and all of the various tennis federations with interest in the uh, major to have it happen. Because if you can make over $150 million in one swing of the bat in tennis, given everything that's going on, you have to do it. Or at least you have to try to do it. The question is, is, have we gotten to a place where the atmosphere, it just is unacceptable to, it's just not possible to host this event. Players are becoming less and less confident that it is. The momentum seems to be cooling. And if you're a tennis fan, I mean, you know, there's a sizable base out there of tennis fans who say, you know, don't play the events anyways. Tennis is not important right now. Let's not worry about that. Let's get everyone safe, healthy before we resume something, you know, as casual as tennis. And that's fair. You know, if that is your mindset, I can't knock you for that, that there's nothing wrong with that mindset. But simply put, from the business perspective of tennis, that's just not feasible tennis needs to return if we want it to be a continuing existing fluid product that entertains all of us as tennis fans and we've talked about that argument before so i don't have to get into that now but again the. This, the summary, the synopsis of talking to these players is they are becoming less and less certain that the U.S. Open is going to happen, and the players we spoke to this weekend are more on the side that it will not happen than that it will, and that's a notable piece of information. And I feel like I'm bearing that, giving that we're 29 minutes in, but that was one of the notable takeaways uh, from our uh, from our you know conversations this weekend that we were having. I would also say you talk about some of the other conversations we were having, uh, and you know this is amongst our Crack Rackets crew, and part of the joy of working for Crack rackets other than you know getting to tell dalton how bad his jokes are and they really are quite horrific uh other than getting to pontificate with off whether we would make good additions to lewis and clark uh it's just to talk about you know the general state of tennis you got 14 hours ideas are going to come out and i have to give credit to dalton and you know this isn't just his idea it's a sentiment that i think others would reflect as well uh given a there seem to be a lot of antagonists right now in the professional tennis game, particularly in the men's game. A lot of vilifying of people such as Alex Virev, Novak Djokovic. It's actually be, been amazing to see the pivot from Nick Kyrios villain to Nick Kyrios hero. Uh, and tennis fans just embracing him all of a sudden whenever there's not a racket in his hand. They love Nick Kyrios the person. They don't love Nick Kyrios the tennis player, which is just, again, a fascinating dynamic that's evolved. Um, but the, I suppose... There's a clear opening right now for someone on uh, in the men's game to just embrace the role of the villain, to enjoy having that aspect of the crowd is against them, the crowd, you know, there's someone they're rooting against just to seize that moment, and to increase, you know, I think if someone does... And I think we all agree it would increase the popularity of the sport. It always helps when there's someone to root against. Rivalries make professional sports. Whether you're a Yankee or a Boston, you know, a Red Sox fan, you know, the fact that you're vehemently rooting against the other, you root against the Yankees when they're playing the other teams in the MLB. You root against the, you know, the Red Sox if you're a Yankees fan. And you know, whether it's college football, of course, for me, I'm rooting against the Buckeyes at all times. I would root against Michigan State more frequently, but I love Harry Jaden, and so you know. You also never root against your little brother, right, Harry? That was a little gift for you. Well, uh, you. But you know, uh, rivalries make sport, and you know, certainly. Everyone loves watching Roger and Rafa play, but are they truly rivals in the sense that there's animosity between them? No, that that's not the rivalry between them. That's not, uh, you know, the way they see each other. And I just think when there's intensity and in rivalry, you know, um, it, it makes for a better product. And I also just think right now, and he's already been in, throughout his career considered a villain because some people are just so attached to Roger and Rafa because they came first. They hate the fact that someone's infringing upon uh, the Roger Rafa throne. But Novak Djokovic right now, he could go on this just a tear. Just imagine this. Novak Djokovic, who's undefeated in ATP action right now in 2020, a little factor that I think everyone's forgotten. He bottles up all of this anger that's been directed at him from the tennis world, and he just goes on an FU campaign, campaign for the rest of the season. Every event he plays, he wins. And by the way, that's what he's been doing in 2020. So he goes to Cincinnati. He wins it. He goes to the U.S. Open. He wins it. He plays one clay warm-up event. Oh, no, he doesn't because there's no really time in the schedule. He goes directly to the French Open. He dethrones Rafa. So, you know, five weeks, uh, five, or three titles in five, god six weeks. Two majors, a master's title, and just a big middle finger to the entire tennis world. We're, we'd all probably be rooting against it. I say we all. I, you know, I think we'd all admire the tennis accomplishments, but there would be a subsection of the fan world that would be rooting against that success. But we'd all be tuning in. We'd all be watching. We'd all want to see if this guy can really put together, maybe, arguably, under these circumstances, the greatest season in tennis history. To go undefeated in a year like this, that would be... It would be something we'd be talking about for decades, and it would be a story that would permeate throughout the sports world. That would be on SportsCenter. It would be on probably CNN to say, you know, Novak Djokovic, the backlash he's receiving from the tennis world in the aftermath. You remember his Adria Tour event back in mid-June when multiple players tested positive. You know, you can see the storyline now. You can see the Chiron and, you know, Anderson Cooper going in. Um, But it, it really would be one of those opportunities for tennis to transcend the sporting world. And... am I rooting for, you know, I'm rooting for professional tennis to return. Of course, if it can't return safely, it shouldn't. But if it does return, there will absolutely be a part of me. And again, to endorse the player is not the same to endorse a person or to endorse that person's beliefs. But it would be very, 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 very fun, I think, for professional tennis fans across the globe to see Novak Djokovic go on an undefeated run, and that would be phenomenal. So that's just a thought for some of you to think about in general. Now, again, we're about to wrap the pod. A couple things, and then we'll rock and roll. A, uh, I want to talk about you know some of the things we missed while we were in Miami. The Alex Zverev stuff, him going out in the club, and him going out and you, know, you see him publicly dancing and interacting with people, particularly in the aftermath of him being at the Adria Tour. I think fans of this podcast know, again, I adore Alexander Zverev's tennis game. I just think at that size, that athleticism, that fluidity, that power he can generate, guy is a freaking beast. And Dalton's making fun of me. He gave a gesture that I'm not going to uh, describe on the podcast, but it was deserving. Yes, that is what I'm doing right now. Um, but the point is, you know, uh, I love Alex Zverev as a tennis player. This was a horrible decision it was a dumb look it was really stupid i would swear and say the degree of how stupid it was but again we're trying to avoid that on this podcast uh but it was that dumb Uh, and there's no defense there's nothing and like to have your agents after the adria tour come out and release a statement saying we acknowledge how stupid we were to be at the club and do all of these different things and then to just do it again like what are we doing here come on and so you know Djokovic, minus 250 to become the, uh, probably minus 1,000 to become the next villain. Uh, Zverev, I'm going to say minus 250. Because it's more likely than not that he's going to be vilified. And it sucks because there's a big fan base out there who want him to succeed, who see him struggle at the majors, succeed everywhere else, and just feel a sort of sympathy for him. And of course, we're all captivated by his actual game. Uh, but that was really dumb by him. And, you know, really, really dumb. There's no excuse, there's no justification, just dumb. And so unacceptable. Be better. That, that's the thing moving forward. You have to be, especially because you are going to be one of the faces of tennis, hopefully, for the next 15 years. So simply put, Alex Zverev, be better. Now, I can already feel Dalton starting to hesitate. I feel like I have to say this real quickly. Same principle goes to John Isner. Your intentions for this Atlanta event? Pure. Again, we are coming from the Altic steislinger Tennis Exhibition. It would be immensely hypocritical for me to say, John, are you seriously going to try and bring back tennis right now? We're going to play tennis at a time like this. You're going to try and, you know, uh, bring back the sport when cases are spiking in Georgia, yada, yada, yada. That's not the point I want to make. Um, the point I want to make, and, you know, he got into this argument on Twitter trying to justify why Atlanta is having fans right now. And to be honest, there is a significant, and even John acknowledges this, The idea of having fans at the event is risky. It just simply is. You can't guarantee the safety of everyone, particularly when you open it up, even if you're following guidelines that says, and they are, they are following every guideline to the T. That is the same thing. You cannot fault them. They didn't force anyone's hands. They are doing only what they are allowed to do. They're doing everything within the prism of what is allowed. Um, But you shouldn't mock people who are genuinely airing their concerns about the event to you. And his use of the term Corona Bros like what are you doing again it's just unnecessary that's not the way you engage the tennis fan base that's not the way you engage the community and again i've had the opportunity to you know share an elevator with john isner be around him his presence he is a kind human being he is a genuinely thoughtful compassionate human who you can speak to and you know uh, you want to jump on him guess what you People may not know this, and I saw this tweet from John Wertheim, and I'm going to just echo his point. You know his dad ran for Congress as a Democrat, right? So, like, don't just right away throw out his political beliefs and be like, well, I think he slants this way, so I have to hate him. Like, again, take the time to learn a little bit more about someone's background, but there's no excuse. Just why are you engaging with fans like that? Why do you have to be, why is there animosity? Why does there have to be this sort of mocking tone? Why do you have to go, you know, mock an entire subsection of humans as the corona bros? You can't just say, why I acknowledge your concerns. We believe we are following the guidelines to the closest of the CDC guidelines. We are following all the health, safety, and health regulations. And the reason we are doing this is to try and use tennis as a way to provide some joy to the local community, provide some entertainment. Now, it's much needed, just reprieve from the stresses of day to day life for all. All of us as tennis fans, and if that's the way you engage, I promise you fans will respond in kind with kindness. And of course there will be the nincompoops out there who just will say ridiculous things anyways. Ignore them, John. Like, they offer nothing. I thought the way John engaged Ben Rothenberg in part of this exchange, completely appropriate. He acknowledged Ben's point. He said, you, you know, again, that's a very fair perspective, and we're following the guidelines. If that was the tone of the conversation the entire time, it would have been fine. It just wasn't. It was as if Isner took the bait, which was, you know, there's always going to be bait for you on Twitter, in your follows, your notifications to take, and he took it, and he shouldn't have, and... You know, Again, no excuse. you got to be better moving forward. Uh, That's my thoughts on that topic. Uh, But again, just wanted to mention some of the things because there are things going on in the tennis world right now that I thought all of you would like to hear. I will lastly say, again, we are thrilled, thrilled, to be heading to Lexington right now for the Young Kings Scholarship Tennis Tournament at the Top Seed Tennis Club. Again, for us, we're making our return appearance after we were there in February. We had so much fun, uh, and hopefully it seems like they enjoyed us enough to invite us back. And we're thrilled to be there for a fantastic level, you know, very similar to what we saw this weekend uh, in Miami. Players like CeCe Bellis, Jeannie Bouchard, Layla Fernandez. Uh, It's going to be exceptional tennis, and so we're really looking forward to that. Again, we will be doing play-by-play commentary on the Tennis One app. Uh, We will be talking to Randy Masters of Tennis One as well. Uh, You all will be able to hear that podcast either tomorrow or sometime this weekend to learn a little bit more about the Tennis One app because they're doing some really cool things there, and we think all of you tennis fans will enjoy it as well. Uh, but again, we're, you know, play by play commentary, talking with the players in action, hearing their perspectives as well. We heard from the men, now it's time for us to hear from the women, and we're really excited for that, so hopefully you'll be sticking with us all weekend long. I believe for our Patreon subscribers, I'm going to make this commitment now. Westoff, I apologize to you. Dalton, you're welcome for this commitment because you're going to like it. Uh, let's give them weekend pods. We're going to do daily recaps because we're see in action those daily recaps are going to be patreon only podcasts now anything we do on video of course will be available on our youtube channel so if you want to not miss out on any of the action be sure to go check that out But we are going to be doing patreon podcasts i see the smile on daniel westoff's face that's the exact sort of smile i was looking for folks because again we're so grateful for our patreon supporters without the sort of support you guys give us day in day out uh, we wouldn't be able to do the sort of stuff that we do here at crack racket so a huge shout out to all of you we greatly appreciate that and any of you who are interested uh, you know go check out our patreon link i believe i tweeted out a link today uh any level of support you all are willing to get we, a give we will appreciate of course you know there are some cr mugs out there there's some great cr gear out there too if any of you are interested so be sure to go check all of that out and since i'm looking at you by the way shout out to you super Producer Daniel Westoff. I'm going to give you that instead of the usual sound effect because, you know, again, I'm trying not to give you too much work to do here. Of course, I've gone 41 minutes long and they've both been silent up in the front, so I'm sure they want to talk soon. Uh, But again, that's what's going on for us here at Crack Records. We're on the road, we're loving it. It's great to resume a sense of normalcy of course for us that still means safety precautions it means you know we're not leaving our hotel room after we go from site to hotel room or site to wherever we're staying and you know we're all wearing masks on site but if that means if those are the little things we have to do to mean we can go back to professional tennis events uh duh like are you kidding i just have to wear a mask and then i get to watch live tennis i'm in Like, sign me up. And I think everyone as a tennis fan can acknowledge that point as well. I promise. It does nothing for your breathing. And if anything, uh, I didn't get burnt. And, like, thank the Lord I didn't get burnt because it was hot as hell uh, in Miami. So... You know, again, it, it's been so great for us to be back on the road. Hopefully you all have been following along with us. And if you've missed anything, be sure to go to the website crackrackets.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Crack You have questions for us, things you want us to ask these players while we're on the road. Uh, feel free to slide into those DMs as well at Crack or at GreatShotPod. Pod. Uh, follow the podcast, uh great Shot Podcast, this podcast, the Crack Interviews Podcast, the Inside Out Podcast like rate subscribe review of course share them with your friends a huge shout out to our friends at midwest sports go to midwestsports.com use the promo code cr15 aero bar go to AeroBar.com. use the promo code cracked 15 again because of the support we get uh, from them we're able to do things like this and again a huge shout out to west off Dalton in the front four remaining silent through all of this I know that's impossible for Dalton usually he's peeing every 15 minutes uh he took you know a solid 45 minute break here to allow me an uninterrupted stretch so uh, that's what's going on for us here at the mini break podcast for support so for our lovely, I do want to get one more shout out again to our friends J.C. Aragoni, Catherine, uh, his lovely fiance Mike and Nikki Simkins as well for uh, you know hosting us this weekend. It was so much fun to be in Miami, and I hope you all enjoyed that Sties, Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition. If there's a next one, obviously we would be delighted to be there, and so uh, hopefully we will get that invite. But uh, for our wonderful ho- uh, friends at Midwest Sports, and uh, I believe, uh, sorry again, this shows you where I'm at. We're on the road here. Dalton's driving, there's a little zigzagging, a little woozing, uh, so I lost my train of thought. Let's try that one more time. You can leave it all in Westhoff for our super producer, Daniel Westhoff, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say, folks. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.